Warning, this podcast contains no journalistic integrity. Welcome to the Gentleman's Soapbox. enough uh, gained a few extra listeners so I wanted to take a few moments to reintroduce ourselves uh, I am Jake otherwise known as the cynical bastard and with me as always is Sean I was about to say Garth but pretty <laughs> Enley <laughs> is uh, Sean who uh, well the easiest way to explain this is that we are a couple of middle-aged men who are using this technology, this form of reaching out to the world to basically say, get off my lawn. Uh, so with that said, we did get a little bit of listener feedback. And what we've kind of been called to task on is our expressed uh, opinion on the internet and social media and we've kind of harped almost exclusively on the negatives the idea of social media being weaponized against people uh, the harm that it has caused people the misinformation I hate using that word these days um, just the, 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 the ills of the internet and social media and somebody kind of called me to task on that and the response was that we're leaving out what was there before the internet in which case all of us formed our opinions and thought processes based on the information that was provided by our parents and our teachers and that was it and it's also probably one of the reasons why some of us are so hard-headed or I'll rephrase those of us who are old or so hard-headed in our thinking from time to time is the fact that that's how we were brought up. Uh, today, you actually have access to the Internet and to information, and that allows you to explore, research, look at things in a different fashion, different way, be exposed to different ideas and different opinions, and that is, without question, a positive. Now, the caveat that I will personally throw into that is it, it, it has become increasingly difficult to um, decide what is real and what isn't on the Internet. And the part of that that I've actually started equating it to as far as how to accomplish that is it's very, very similar to in the military and dealing with intelligence. When somebody just tells you this is what it is, do you dive off into the mission and hope you survive? Or do you ask, where did this come from? What's the source of the information? Is this something that is credible? And you, you almost have to ask that with regards to things that you find on the Internet. Uh, other than that, I can't argue with the idea that before there was so much less. I mean, the, the most uh, detailed information that was available to me prior to the Internet was this list of very, very large hardback books on a shelf called the Encyclopedia. Um there's a whole lot more to your fingertips. You just have to sift through the bullshit to get to it. Comments? Well, I think on, in large part, the, the observation that more sharing of information is absolutely possible uh, via Internet uh, 
and social channels and and that sort of of communication mechanism. Absolutely, that is true. However, uh, there's also a couple of things that come with that. Uh, one is uh, fidelity of the information. Uh, there's a significant amount. I think more, and I think uh, this is justifiable. There's, there's, or at least verifiable. Uh, there's a lot more information bias that happens, and um, that that happens with social media, and, and because it's, you can still say anything you want and perpetuate this stuff, and then uh, uh, include the the kernel of of truth that you want, or and then turn that into, especially when you're challenged upon such information, uh, the acceptable response to that is well that's my truth which is just the same as saying no i'm not wrong <laughs> i mean it's well, it's it, it, and that's kind of where i'm going with this is a lot of it is it, it comes down to the internet in and of itself the idea of the exchange of ideas is wonderful the it, the the device in and of itself is not the evil it's unfortunately the people to some extent that you find on it from time to time which is why my statement is, is ask the question as to where this is coming from and look for legitimate information versus what somebody is specifically saying. And the the part that I think is is absolutely required is the open flow of information, which that is largely being locked down now if it was if it was just an open free for all like it used to be when the internet was new uh or newish which you and i are old enough as we date ourselves uh you and i are old enough to remember when there was no internet and when there was and and when it was open and when it was not and and there's there's a there's an accountability that comes into effect and Lately, I think we have a lot more uh, tribalism and um, refusal to listen to other or or differing ideas, and they use um, social media to back that to to find valid you know validity and and validation with whatever however they're coming and using that as fact. You know, this many but, people liked it, so but, it must be right. But, but that kind of, in as much as I'm sure sounding like a broken record at this point, it's kind of where I'm going with this, is the idea that um, rather, the, you know, you're, if you're forming an opinion, forming a stance more than a, just an opinion on something, that you th that you found the hill that you're ready to die on, and you're ready to die on it because Sally from Tucson said this uh, uh, on, on Facebook then th that is a problem. But if, you, if you're ready to die on that hill because Sally from Tucson said it, and then you took the time to go past that and figure out where Sally heard it from and then where they heard it from and, tr and, and actually find the source of information and find legitimate information, that's a different story. And, but I, but I agree with you because we have too many people who are willing to die on their hill because Sally from Arizona said so. And uh, I think there's a lot less 
you know, yeah, they're they're right in that there was a lot less source material and and able, you know, ableness to to spread your communication, you know, far and wide. Uh, also, in some cases, that's not a bad thing because most people are morons. Uh, <laughs> and. And I'll include myself in that. I don't uh, make any sp- particular claim to intelligence. However, uh, what it would also do was it was a lot more difficult and a lot more face to face. You would have to be on a group or or uh, talking with people and and have that accountability where you if you spoused out something, if you wanted to troll an entire group of people, you uh, a lot of times had to be around that group of people. And take the risk of getting your ass kicked. Uh, nowadays, that doesn't happen, and you can troll people just to troll people, or you can you can have dissenting viewpoints just to be dissenting and throw off their numbers and and uh, you know uh, log them for hate speech because you know the algorithm will kick them off. It's just it's this weird dichotomy of yes, it's more access, but also it's more more just it's more moron, and I. I I don't think it's doing good for the uh, the modern adults to constantly be checking for validation, which is I think really what social media has done to us you, as a you, as a people. Are you saying that Sally from Arizona doesn't love me? I am absolutely saying that. God damn. <laughs> it's troubling, I know. Well, Let's move on to our actual topic of today, considering the fact that you've already touched on it to some extent. Uh, we started last we Sean and I had a conversation at the end of last time about just discussing some of the stuff of media and especially the idea of mainstream media. And we talked a little bit about Joe Rogan and I was started thinking about doing a cast on how the mainstream media is not actually the mainstream anymore. And I think they've picked up on that because they've even changed the name from mainstream media to legacy media. Mm-hmm. But we, we've really done a lot of doom and gloom and a lot of get off my lawn lately. And I, I, so I started coming up with the, the, I wanted to do something positive today. And I started scouring news internet information things around me trying to find i guess what the the legacy media would almost have called a puff piece for today and i i failed and not I was gonna say did, not a lot of puffery going on and, but okay and, go well, ahead not only did i fail but as I was about to admit that I failed and ask Sean if he had any thoughts on this, Sean dropped a bomb on my ass. <laughs> yeah, it did. The bomb that Sean dropped on my ass is the the Department of Justice and the Department of Homeland Security has come out with well, the Department of Justice did it a while back primarily with the people who were speaking out against the school system. Uh, in which they were starting to look at them as, quote-unquote, domestic terrorists. But the Department of Homeland Security put out an alert this past week, uh, and and it's really kind of surprising to me that they have put it out, and I have very few people have reported upon it or even noticed it. And that kind of caught me by surprise, because they really just kind of threw it up there and didn't say anything. And what it is that they have done is 
classify. Well, let's start because they actually dressed it up in a lot of language to make it sound as though this is to curb uh, domestic violence. Uh, and it is dressed up in that fashion. And because obviously, who doesn't want to stop domestic violence? How could you speak out against stoning to stop domestic violence? But what they've done is is stated the fact that people who are giving what they refer to as misinformation, disinformation, or malinformation, and I am still kind of stuck on the definitions of the three. Uh, I, I would say that they're basically trying to call bullshit on a lot of stuff. But with that said, they've used those three terms to, and as well as to say people who are showing discontent and lack of faith in the federal government and airing, airing their grievances in public forums are now potentially domestic terrorists. Yep. So, so you know, but the funny thing is, is that that really has kind of put it in a way that they can just about label anyone as a domestic terrorist if they That's want That's exactly to. what it does. Because quite frankly, by their own definition, Anthony Fauci is a domestic terrorist. This is and why this is so dangerous. And you're like, well, what's the what's the problem? The problem is, well, get, it, well let's let's put a pin in that. We'll come back to it in just a second <laughs> because this doubles down a bit. Oh, it does. Yeah. Because not only did Sean drop this bomb on my ass, but Doctor Gnome dropped a second bomb on my ass, which is. And what was the name of the act? I am drawing a blank for some reason. My brain. The Earn It Act. The Earn It Act has now popped back up again. And this is another one that is completely dressed up in a way that you can't argue. It's for the children. This one is to stop child sexual abuse. How can anyone, anyone, want to vote against or stand up against something that is meant to prevent child sexual abuse. However, what this basically says is that the government, well, it, I'm assuming most people under, remember what uh, uh, Edward Snowden brought out, that the CIA and the NSA were doing, basically recording every piece of information that trafficked across the Internet. and searching you know, it. yeah, unwholesome addiction. We used to say hi uh, uh, to the NSA every cast. Well, and the whole problem with that was the fact that it was technically illegal. Yeah. Well, the Earn It Act makes it legal. And but they're doing this to protect the children. Because nobody can complain about trying to protect the children. So not only are they labeling you for what you say is maybe being a, as a domestic terrorist, but they're now basically recording everything you say and having the legal right to do so. Now, here comes the other part. A lot of people have talked about, will have, who I've mentioned this to, have brought up the Patriot Act that happened right after uh, 9/11, which is and also bad. <laughs> well, but see, the, there's a part of that, the Patriot Act, that made it. I won't go so as far as to say less bad, but harder to implement. Which was the fact that everything that you went to do in the Patriot Act, you at least had to go out of your way to attempt. Not to say that everybody did a very good job of this. Or a lot of their stuff was justified, but at least had to take the attempt to say that what it is that you were doing was against uh, international terrorism. 
Now, there's a lot of things. They basically went after international drug dealers, saying that they were terrorists, uh, people who were exchanging, you know, illegal technology as, oh, they must be terrorists. You know, so once again, this this was used as a rather broad knife, but at the least that you had to use that knife. They have dressed up both of these as saying that they are for stopping domestic violence and stopping child sexual trafficking. But in nowhere in any of this does that say that that has to actually be the reason that they've used it. No, not at all. So my question is at this point, before my head explodes, is what the ever-loving fuck? Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty much it. I mean, look. There are a great deal of of reasons to maintain a security and a and a watchful eye on people who are committing crime. I, I don't doubt that. But what they're doing here is very, very thinly veiling the fact that they are going to on US soil, on US citizens, start cataloging Anyone they consider not towing the party line and whatever. And when I say that, everybody's like, well, you know, we can trust the Democrats. We can trust the Republicans. It's just those other bastards we can't trust. Look, I, well, uh, well, it's uh, so dangerous. Whether you agree with the current current political climate or not, eventually it's going to go away from that. Well, he, here's – and I'm going to interject on you real quick just so that we can cut that piece of bullshit out of the whole thing altogether, which is that this is coming from whatever your other side is. Because bill number one – or not bill number one, um, edict number one coming from the Department of Homeland Security is Democrat-based, Democrat whereas bill number – the number two portion, which is a bill, is Republican-based. So this bullshit is coming from both sides. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you actually are coming from. This is something that the government wants to do so that they can control you. That's that's basically what it is. They can declare anyone, anyone under these rules a domestic terrorist. That means if your tweet does not agree with them and it gets enough attention, uh, they can just label you a domestic terrorist and ruin your life. That's That's basically what it is. And honestly, this should terrify you. It really should because of what they're doing. I mean, this is not the these are desperate people. Honestly, the government is in a situation where there is a significant amount of unrest, more unrest and more distrust for the government in general than there has been in a very long time. And they don't know how to deal with it. Well, but this even continues beyond the the United States because. Justin Trudeau, up in Canada, referring to the uh, protest that has been going on up there, in open parliament, stated that we should be afraid of wrong-thinking people. <laughs> and this, but but see, this has been going on for. As much as the bullshit that went on during the Trump administration was bad, this has been actually getting worse since the Biden administration came in. The My first call to this, that something was really in a downward spiral, 
was when they went to try to impeach Trump for the second time. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't the fact that they tried to impeach Trump for a second time. I thought it was personally was a bad idea. The fucker was gone. Let him go. Move on. I think they've done more damage to themselves by continuing to worry about Trump than by simply ignoring him and hoping he goes away. That's but that's an opinion. However, when they went to actually do the second impeachment, there was question as to whether or not it was constitutional to impeach Trump once he was no longer in office. Now, brief civics lessons for those of you who don't know, but I'm assuming most of you do. There is actually one of the three bodies of our government that is meant to decide whether or not actions are constitutional, and that is the judiciary. Did this go to, to, to the judiciary? No. The Senate just basically stood up and said, yes, we think it's constitutional, so we're going to go ahead with it. Funny that. <laughs> You've had, over the past year, Biden stand up and actually say on national television that he was doing things that he knew were unconstitutional, but he knew he could get away with it and he was going to do it. Is the Constitution valid anymore, or is it something that they put up on the wall at the Senate office just to throw darts at at this point? Oh, it's a, every bit as valid as it's been as long as we make them use it. And right now, we're not doing that. Well, if you can't tell, I'm in full paranoid Jake mode lately. I, I noticed. I noticed. And. <laughs> And, uh, you know, the the other day you brought up and I'll 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 throw another thing in. Uh, you know, the other day you brought up the whole uh, Ukraine thing. And I keep telling you, I'm like, look, the Warhawks are upset that the gravy train stopped and they want another war. And that's really I think, honestly, that's really what this is. They're like, crap, you took our war away. We want our we want our war money again. Let's go find a war. There's got to be something somewhere. But, but even that, they're playing the don't look behind the curtain. You know, of ignore course. that guy behind, or ignore that battle behind the curtain. Ukraine told us, look, don't come. You're going to make things worse. Well, but but even then, you you have uh, good old Jen Psaki, who <laughs> I have to admit, as much as I don't like her, the woman is a genius as far as the bullshit that she comes up with. Uh, you know, she has somebody who flat out asks her, should, uh, you know, is war imminent? Why would you say that? Well, you just declared that every American should leave. Well, yeah, because things might get bad. But doesn't that mean war is imminent? No. Why would you say that? Well, you've pulled out most of the um, embassy staff. Of course we did. Things might get bad. Well, does that mean war is imminent? Imminent. Well, why would you say something like that? That is that is irresponsible for you to suggest that war is imminent. <laughs> That's masterful. <laughs> it's masterfully done. The woman's a genius. I mean, uh, the 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 problem that I see or one of the problems that I see is that they they've done such a great job. And and here's here's something that should uh, upset the the entirety of the uh, uh, social media crowd. Why aren't you calling the government out on social media? Why? Why is there not a huge uproar? about this why is there not protests and and demonstrations and and pinning them down to do that because you're busy fucking around on social media over this culture war bullshit that they locked onto in social media it was just like this little fringe thing that they took and went that that 
masterful wag the dog people took in what you know they can't unite if they're fighting each other why don't we take this and just blow it up and largely i would say 80 90 percent of social media fell for it we should be like like uh, and and you can say what you want to about the whole canada thing and and the the truckers and and all that kind of stuff look how much trouble they're having with a bunch of truck drivers that just said no we're not doing that i mean whether you agree disagree have no strong feelings about it what whatever it is about what they're fighting you know the the mask mandate stuff and the jab mandate stuff and all that they're actually fighting against look at what happened when even a little just this little fragment of population just sat down and said no i'm not going to do that look at what it did to canada they're they're panicking well i mean and the the um uh, statistic that keeps getting thrown out about that is that 90% of those truckers are in fact vaccinated. Yeah, isn't that funny? It's, but it's just the pure and simple fact of, okay, I did it, but you're gonna you're gonna insist that I have you're gonna tell me that I had to do this. So and look at what they're doing. They're they're threatening jail time. They're threatening uh, you know oh, fines. No, no. Them, as of today, Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, several of them have been arrested. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, they're they're desperately trying to to put this to put a, to slam a huge lid on this thing, and it's not working. And they don't know what to do about it because if they if they just bring in military action, they'll tip their hand, right? Well, and 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 here's another one. Now, I may be corrected somewhere along the line on how Canadian politics work, but they are a parliamentary system, as far as I'm aware. So, as a parliamentary system, the prime minister can be ousted at any point in time if they function like a normal parliamentary system. And, and, I, and I could be completely wrong about this. But even Justin Trudeau's entire party on the parliamentary floor called him out on this bullshit in public, yet he's still there. Yeah, they're not going to oust him. <laughs> I don't think they can. Uh, there, once you're in, I mean, they've proven like once you're in a modern government in the last like 50, you know, 50, 60 years, you, you can't really be removed and it's an almost ultimate power. It's just, we're just now seeing how far it's gotten. That's all that is. And uh, they're, they're going to squash this truck thing. They're going to squash it just like they do in it. But look how much trouble it's given them. Just just a couple of truckers, and I know a couple is a thousand or a couple thousand, but just that much. They're trying to freeze funds. They're trying to, to cordon off the gas. They've had rural Canadian mounted police quitting over it going, oh, this is going to get us in trouble. This is wrong. Like they're they're This isn't the 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 actions of a government that's in control. These are the actions of a government that wants you to think they're in absolute control and realizes how fragile it actually is because it is fragile. And they really are terrified about unification over any subject, any subject, because it means the people are no longer asleep. And they're betting on that. And, and for the last 50, 60 years, they've been right. We have been sheeple. So. 
I don't know, like, uh, I mean, with the whole Canadian truck thing, with the whole, like, Russia, we're going to we're gonna start up a war again because we need one of those, you know. Uh, I'm sure the Pentagon is just wetting their pants over it. Like, oh, man, imagine the gravy train we could have if we were at war with Russia. Oh, it'd be great. Uh, yeah, from a smoking radioactive hole in the ground. Yeah, you know, it's... And and there's something about mutually assured destruction that, that will just make uh, I'm sure their panties wet on uh, at the at the whole of the Defense Department. Um, there'll be drones everywhere. They'll be doing stuff. It'll be great. It'll be just like old times, you know. Uh, the, this this is going to be really interesting to see how long. I'm really curious about this. How long the American people will look at this situation and go, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know how much evidence you need. It's it's. Uh, I thought we'd have snapped before this, to be honest, and just started being upset about it, but not even close. Uh, well, we're, we're too busy being pissed at each other. Yeah, which is, uh, to my point, That's it's masterfully done. Masterfully done. Who would have thought that this would be... Uh, perfectly fine all they have to do is start a culture war and they can do whatever they want somebody sat down and figured that out i mean brilliant it's it's literally brilliant i mean uh, they're they're starting up i mean the department of homeland defense which is iffy in the first place right and the whole patriot act which started it again another iffy in the first place type of scenario just comes right out and tells you uh yeah, anybody we disagree with as far as the state goes is is potentially considered a terrorist. So uh just be advised. And nobody covers it. You didn't see this on CNN, you didn't see it on Fox, you didn't see it on MSNBC like anywhere near what it should have been. They might have mentioned it, but they're like, "Huh, that's weird. It's bullshit." And then just went on to the next dumpster fire. Like this is this should be worrying to you. If you open your eyes and it's not and it's it's just to me, it just goes to show like how how deep into the paint we're actually going to have to get before we all as a collective nation turn around and go. We may be fucked here. Well, I, I'm starting to feel or, or understand to some extent how the stereotypical crazy person who starts screaming the sky is falling in most of your stories books and movies feels because i i'm looking at these things now i will admit i'm a bit of an obsessive compulsive just a bit uh i tend to be a little bit paranoid about these things to begin with just a bit but at the same time i'm spouting this stuff looking at going here has anybody seen this and people are looking at me going eh, what's the big deal are, are, yeah, you're, and you're like, what? You're, you're you're crazy. Go sit in the corner. And I and I'm getting that. Yeah, I I really don't understand it. I I'm a little bit upset as far as how how do you look at this and say, yeah, that's all right, that's okay. I'm, well, I'm, but but see, the thing is, is that they've made it, it the the per, proverbial they have made it easy for people to do so because once again this isn't about control 
This isn't about privacy. This isn't about the First Amendment. This isn't about freedom of speech. What this is about is domestic violence and saving the children. Yeah. And, look, and they put themselves in a position where the moment that anybody starts to speak out against these things, it's, well, I mean, obviously you want us to, to, to protect children, right? I just, I, I am, I am speechless at how, how masterfully, and I, I keep using that word. It, it is truly wonderfully orchestrated. And, and honestly, somebody somewhere just must be laughing at us because we're so gullible. <laughs> I mean, we're easily manipulated, and they're using the vaunted social media and and culture war to make it okay. And I I don't know how we get back from that. I don't know how we fix it, and I don't know if it's fixable under our current system. I I don't know what we could do as a nation. I don't know if there's enough of us uh, enough will left to be united. To fix it. I, I think it might be permanently broken. I'm at this point hoping that the aliens come out and say, we got this. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really the only thing that can save us at this point. <laughs> oh, then we'll deploy the Space Force. Oh, it'll be amazing. <laughs> I, either that or the robots. One or the other. I'm waiting for AI just to look around and go, okay, y'all are fucked. Just go, 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 go have a juice box. We'll call it a day. <laughs> I don't. I just don't know how. I, I don't know. I, I I don't know what would unite us at this point. I really don't. I don't. I don't see a way forward with the way we are working right now together or not together. What <laughs> with all the the things that are being done, what issue could unite us? I mean, if we haven't had one already, I don't know. Or leader. Like, what issue and, and fulcrum could you use to unite the country at this point? Because I don't see it. Look at look at all the things that, that we used to have pride in. There's none of that now. We don't care about any of that. And it's to me, it's a very kind of dangerous sign that we're just not there anymore. We just, we just don't have it. We don't have the ability to talk with each other and and the empathy to understand about our fellow human beings. Uh, we do it for on, online and social media for validation, but the conviction isn't there. Well, I mean, and the only person out there trying to stand up and go, okay, I'll, I'll come in and take care of this is Hillary Clinton. <laughs> yeah, that's... I'm wondering when her deal with the devil is going to run out. <laughs> I really am. Like, I don't know what she sold because I don't think she ever had a soul. But, like, like what what did she sell and sign off on to trade for the life she has now? I just – I don't get it. However, you know, look at um, – I'll, I'll give you an example. In my own state – all right, and and this asshole's been rolling around for a little while. Uh, Beto, Beto, a couple of years ago, in, fa- in fact, as early as last year, or as late as last year, uh, was on television on a debate saying we are going to go from house to house and take your AR-15s and AKs. You can't use them against us anymore. Well, no, he didn't. 
He did so. No, I've seen the video. No, no, no. That man came out and said, I didn't do that. That's not what I meant. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen the video. Yes, it is, Beto. And then later on, uh, this, uh, I think last, uh, earlier this month, uh, maybe last month, I I, I witnessed the same dude get on stage and say, I don't want to take anything from anyone. I'm just very concerned. Exactly. How how uh, how can you think that the man wants to take those things away from you when he just said he doesn't? Yeah, it is. There are no convictions. Like he doesn't have convictions. He just wants to get now. He has uh, agendas. Oh, he has agendas, and you won't actually see him till he gets an office. If he gets an office, I'm. Well, uh, it, it's, but it's 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 funny in the past. And it's the same thing with Hillary. When people would politically lose, they would go away. Yeah, they just flip now. Well, it's not even it's not even flip. He's, he's still the same. He's still arguing the same points of view, with the exception of the thing he didn't say about guns. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's still arguing the same points of view, assuming that somewhere along the line everybody's going to go, mm, okay. Yeah, that uh, seems reasonable. You know, and. I just I, I I often wonder I'm like why are people even still listening to this? Like why who is who is your constituent that that you look at Beto who has just done a 180 not even a month ago claiming and they play the video for him. You know like these are your words. I've I've seen a reporter I, hold I up a tape recorder. I, I didn't say that. Yeah, I, it's amazing to me. The people are that dumb, because you know there's going to be people who believe him. And well, I, I I think there's, and it's, I think it's less the fact that you have people who believe him rather than that you have people who hate the other side. He can say whatever he wants because there's a there's people what he's what he's counting on is not that people are going to specifically like him, but they're going to hate the other side more. Yeah, and that's that's again where you were going with uh, last time, or it's, you know, you're not actually voting for somebody; well, you're voting you're, against somebody else. You're you're either voting against uh, Republican assholes or I- incompetent Democrats, one or the other. Yeah, I don't. Sometimes I really don't get it. <laughs> I really don't, because <laughs> they don't. They, when you look at this stuff, like, what are you voting for? What, what and, and when you're voting, there's a significant portion of the people in this country who believe that voting simply doesn't work. It doesn't do anything. Uh, well, that's because, the other part that's been pushed and, you know, degraded is the, the any sort of confidence in that process. Yeah, I'm wondering how long it takes and what it will actually take for somebody to go, you know, I'm just, for enough people for for a critical mass to go, yeah, this isn't working. We're I don't believe in the system anymore, and until it fundamentally changes, I'm going to do X, you know, whatever that is, whether it's rebel, leave, uh, disassociate, like what whatever it is. I don't know what that what that even thing if, will be. Even but that's you, where we're headed. Even if you say you want to leave, where are you going to go? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and once again, that. I mean, and that's what I was joking about earlier. The, basically, the best thing for you at this point is to be abducted by aliens. <laughs> I would totally go. 
mean, it's like, oh, oh and, and that explains is, it because you're, you're the one who's completely against space travel. If you're even down there going, no, just do, just just suck me up and uh, yeah, take me. Yeah, it's fine to serve, man. It's fine. Make me a cheeseburger. I don't really care. Like, <laughs> at least I'll be an astronaut before I go. Uh, it's to me, it's amazing. It really is. I don't. I don't necessarily disagree with people who are trying to make the best of a bad situation. I totally get it. I totally get why people are upset about the things they're upset about. I, it's not that, that racism doesn't exist. It's not that a, a culture war doesn't exist. It's not that uh, people don't need to work on, on some of the other problems in the country. But we've got some really big stuff going on right now, and nobody's addressing it. And to me, it's just very interesting how nobody's minding the store except these elitist assholes and leader in, you know, the billionaire class who are just like, we're going to write the rules that apply to everybody else and are just getting away with it as far as I can tell. I mean, there's there's nothing stopping them. Uh, But but even then, you know, even even there's attempts at uh, attempts at legitimate journalism out there. Which is, you know, the, basically the guy from the Associated Press looking at the um, person from the State Department during a press conference and saying, you know, show me your cards. Mm-hmm. You know, the State Department basically says, we believe this is what's going to happen. Okay, why do you believe that? Well, we do. O- okay, why? what's your information? Yeah. Well, th- the information we have. Okay, you're double talking here. You know, you want to give us a piece. Oh, I'm well. I'm sorry that you have trouble believing us. <laughs> really? Not only do I have trouble believing you, I flat out don't believe you. Yeah. Uh, there's and and it's like that everywhere. They're and they're depending on us to just be asleep. And I. I know that's bad, and I know that that it's all oh, Sean's reactionary, and it's and you know it's not as bad as all that. Look around, look at where they're getting their data, look at what they're actually saying. Don't look at what they say. Look at what they do. Right, take those two things out of it, and and watch what happens. Watch what they do. Don't go, don't look at this. It's sort of like uh, in Spider Man into the into the Spider Verse. Like, don't watch the mouth. Watch the hands. Well, even just take. You know what we've seen over the past few weeks. You know, we we talked about Justin Trudeau. They got all his all of his own party standing up in Parliament, going, "You suck," but we're not going to do anything about it. You have the entire state of California's legislature going, "We want single payer health care, but we're not going to vote for it." Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, funny that. Uh, and I mean, you've got New York realizing for the first time that, uh, they're probably not going to make their, uh, their real estate taxes this year. People aren't going to want to pay for that. So suddenly New York has come up with this radical new strategy that even though they've been like mask mandating and they've like terrified and everybody stay the hell away and all that kind of thing. Hey, let's reopen. Let's reopen the offices and stuff because we think there's a slight chance we might lose money here. Uh, So we're going to reopen New York. We're going to the mayor's was just I watched the thing the other day. The mayor was just like, hey, everybody, come on back. It's better for everybody if you're working and doing what we need you to do, because you fucking sheep will need to pay us. I mean, that's 
<laughs> and well, nobody's calling but, but, them. But even then, it's kind of like, holy shit, we have an election to try to win in a few months. Um, hmm, what are we going to do? Yeah. Uh, let's just pretend that everything we've done over the past couple of years, we didn't do. <laughs> and that's what they're doing. And what's sad, and I truly believe this, what's sad is it's largely going to work. Nobody's going to remember the stupid crap they did because they're just going to spout out in the middle of this thing all the the wonderful stuff that they want to do, and it's going to work. I but but literally in a twenty four hour period, and, and that's really what it would go, go back and look in a twenty four hour period, the narrative coming out from the government, uh, not only from the federal government but from the state governments, was. Wear your mask or we're all going to die. Right. To literally the next day, oh, fuck it, you can take it off. Mm-hmm. It took 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And, and what are you, I mean, uh, <laughs> what are you going to do? Like, what? what I, I, I don't know. I, I'm pretty speechless over it a lot of times. It's, it's. It, I I don't know, and I I keep saying this over and over. I don't know how to fix this. Like I look around and the apathy to the actual problems that we are experiencing as a country are largely going not only unheeded, unidentified. They're being actively suppressed to the point where you no longer are sure what the truth is and. You want to go to the real legacy of that I think we're going to have with social media, the real thing? I mean, yes, it provides a lot of communication. The Internet's wonderful, all that kind of stuff. You want to know the real legacy? It's because they've been – people have been inundated with so much crap and so much false flag, false information, you know, narratives and, and spin doctrine that they don't understand what's real. They can't look at a situation, look, decide how they feel without somebody telling them, and then – Decide, you know, we've crossed a line. They cannot do that. They've made well, it physically uh, impossible hey, hey, to identify the truth. Hey, Sally from Arizona. <laughs> right. I, Even if Sally had the best point ever, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Well, There's it, 10 it, other Sallys out there saying, oh, no, it's not. Well, it, and that's kind of my broken record that I've been saying over and over and over again. Look at where the information comes from. Take go a little go go one step further until you find the source. Uh, you know, I, I talk about COVID and stuff like that. M- most of the opinions that I have from COVID have come not from anybody having said anything, but from literally reading the statistics available. Now you have to dig for them, but available on the CDC and FDA website. If you if you there's raw information out there for you to make your own opinions for. Look for it, not Sally from. Uh, <laughs> you'll get this joke, and some people when I almost said Whitney from Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> what news stories have you been reading, Jake? <laughs> it's like you listen to another show or something. <laughs> but but. Take that step further. Not only that, once again, if you ha- if you hear somebody who says something that you disagree with, you don't need to run over and tell them that you hate them. Ask them why. 
speak to them. And it's and and I and I said I, as I said I know I'm being a broken record here. You don't need to agree with them. Try to understand them. And don't take our word for it either. Oh hell no. no! Actually, I'm I'm pretty much convinced. I I'm I don't want anybody to listen to anything that we say and take it for granted. No, go look it up. And if you find out we're wrong, please tell us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we we do not have a monopoly on on correct information for sure. I also think that what's what's happening is people are. Not only the apathy and there's there's they're having trouble locking in on the truth because there is so much. Be very careful of confirmation bias. Okay, be well, very very careful. Well, of confirmation that's bias. that's the other problem we 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 run into, and where if the internet offers both the way out of it and unfortunately the way directly into it, which is the echo chamber. Sure. You have the ability to use the internet as to get out of the echo chamber, to once again dig for the information, look and see where it's coming, be willing to see something that contradicts your opinion on something. Unfortunately, the internet actually has the capability not only to uh, to allow you into, but to amplify that echo chamber. And what happens when that is going through your head is you start getting into uh, not only the confirmation bias, but the validation mentality. Oh, all these people agree with me. I must be right. All this, like, don't, and and this is part of the thing where it, it's really a dangerous thing. Like, people will look at something and they'll find a, a truth or a kernel of truth or something that agrees with them or whatever, and then they just stop. Then it, be, it becomes cemented forever. This is how it is. And the world changes. Uh, there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of definite change that's gone down. Like, okay, here's here's one, and this is not on the same scale, but it's kind of weird. Uh, I sent you this video a while back about uh, the demographic change. Yes. And and I don't know if you you took the time to watch that. It it yeah. was very long. Um, it was a fascinating thing. It. It kind of illustrated from a company's point of view what's happening in the workplace today. And what's actually happening is in most developed countries, not even many, most developed countries, the birth rate's actually gone down a lot. And we're below subsistence level, okay, well, or replacement well, but, level. But but and maybe you were about to go into this and if i if you were i apologize for interrupting you but the main problem that that runs into is the fact that we are not replacing the population but we are having an older population that is leaving the workforce that is very no numerous with yeah. a smaller population who now has to feed and house them and that's that's kind of where we were going this is become is going to become more of a problem now uh, the more cynical will say, oh, we're overpopulated anyway. Fuck it. You know, I'm ha I have trouble getting a job and, and, you know, that's just the way it is. Well, that may have been the way it is 10 years ago. It's not the way it is today. And what's happened is in the last couple of years, it's become very exacerbated because the world has gone through a shift and the, the pandemic forced that shift. And now they're not exactly companies are not exactly sure what to do with it, because a lot of the, the talented, trained workforce that was 
holding these positions and had a, a tremendous amount of knowledge about their different fields. Just retired. Just retired and is not coming back. They're never coming back because they found a way to live through the pandemic, and now they're like, well, I'm retired. I ain't going back. I can live on less, and I need less, and I don't want to fuck with it anymore. That leaves this vacuum. And there's a lot of people, and there's this interesting thing where uh, they illustrated that most people think that the majority of the United States populace is blue collar and uneducated. It's not truth anymore. Uh, anymore, most of the population, over 50%, have at least an associate's degree if you are over 25 years old. Which means that we are overeducated for the jobs that are are often offered, and the because we just came through twenty twenty five years of overstaffing and and over um, qualified qualified uh, uh, applicants, they've just elongated the the list of requirements for all these jobs. Like it's it's almost impossible to find somebody for some of these jobs because of the qualification list that they require for it because there were that many people applying for these jobs uh, 10, 5, even years ago, even two and a half, three years ago. And because the boomers have largely left, and a lot of people will, will cynically say that, oh, that's good. Fuck those boomers. They didn't need to be steal. They took our jobs. You know, like it's it's that whole thing. When in fact – uh, what we're left with here is a job market where a lot of people for the last two years have figured out how to live without those low-wage and low-skilled jobs. They figured out how to live without those, so they're just not taking them. And the jobs they want are the mid-level and the, the higher-paying entry jobs. And there are some of those to go around, but the the large part of it, in, in huge swaths of the country, logistics, service, you know, uh, uh, medical, all those types of jobs are available, and they just can't fill them because we've been told uh, for the last 50 years that you need a college degree and you need to go to work for a corporate job and you need to make over 100, 200k to be considered successful and then you're a worthwhile quality human being. And it's simply not true. We've lied to our children. We've lied. Our parents lied to us. Their parents lied to them. And now we are at a point of diminishing returns. We are also not having the children to replace the people who are leaving. And it's going to create an interesting job market as we try and integrate our new realities. And What's happening with that is companies which used to not have to care oh, two shits where they're going to get their employees, how they're going to get them. Because, yeah, you stop by Home Depot, pick up employees. It doesn't matter. What do you got? It's, uh, admin, no problem. Office manager, who cares? You know, floor staffing guy, no problem. You know, industry, industrial, yeah, who cares? Get a kid out of high school. I don't care. Pay him $10. Uh, minimum wage, whatever. Well, they can't do that anymore, and they have no idea what to do. So what they start doing is panicking, uh, like the story we covered a couple of weeks ago or a week ago or whatever it was with the hospital in Wisconsin. Oh, they don't want to work for us anymore? We'll sue them because uh, that'll scare the rest of them. 
this this is a a country to bring this back around. This is a country full of corporations, political elite, and the billionaire class who don't know what's happening. They I have don't. The answer. They don't know what's happening, and they cannot adjust quickly enough to to make it like it was because it's not going back. The round peg is not going in the square hole anymore. It's not working. I have the answer. It just occurred to me. I know exactly what to do. I know who can save us all. Snake Plissken. <laughs> Close. <laughs> I personally think that we should dissolve the entire government and put Mike Rowe in charge. Oh, my God. I would vote Mike Rowe for president, dude. Oh, hell yes. That's not even a question about it. I know the left hates him. I, I, I know the alt-right hates him. Um, I, yeah, that because dude, he's got a very, very innovative concept, that, which is... It, it, it's not even innovative. It's just logical, which makes it sound innovative. Well, okay, but 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 you, you do realize that logic is innovative at the moment. <laughs> it's true. Which logic is, and reason. Which is, we don't necessarily need to educate everyone into being engineers or whatever, because we don't even need that many engineers. We need a few plumbers. Teach people how to be plumbers. Teach people how to be electricians. Teach people how to fucking work. You know, I can't remember if I told this story on this cast or not, but I'm going to tell it again now. I graduated high school with a good friend of mine. His name is Jason. And Jason uh, and I both were into cars when we were in high school. And uh, they had a um, – I, I don't know if they still do this anymore or even. Uh, they had a an outfit come by uh, – uh, several outfits come by and put us all through assemblies uh, in the gymnasium about their different services. Uh, it was for seniors only. Ours was a small rural high school. And um, I think a couple of them were just in economics class. I mean, they just, uh, they just, everybody rolled through that. And there, it was again, a small, small, there was 40, 50 kids graduating. And uh, they came in and they pitched us all their different services, which is basically a tech school. And uh, one of them was uh, – I think it was American Transmission Institute where they you go and it was a uh, eight-month uh, accreditation program. It was an accelerated uh, accreditation program where they would teach you how to be a transmission mechanic. And you would go and, and do that stuff. It was very expensive for, for eight months worth of school, but you were in, gone, and they had a placement program afterwards uh, so that you could start in your new career uh, at some place that needed you. And they had a job fair at the end of it, and I wound up going to uh, an art school that had very much the same thing. They taught you how to do programming and, and multimedia and stuff like that, and then they had a job fair, and, and they punched you out, and you were qualified for a number of jobs. Well – we both went through one of those, and um, I went through art school. Of course, he went through ATI. He retired right before the pandemic. Uh, he got hooked up with uh, – now, again, he had eight months of school after high school. That's it. He had his little accreditation thing. They hooked him up. Um, here in Texas, there's a town called Denton. It's not very far away from where we grew up. Uh, the Peterbilt was there, and Peterbilt picked him up as a transmission mechanic for their service department. Uh, he started out at 19 years old in the late 90s, making 65k a year. That uh, eventually he retired, making 250,000 a year. 
as the senior transmission uh, advisor and mechanic for Peterbilt USA. And I'm like, shit. I should have been a transmission mechanic. (laughs) I picked development. And I still can't find the job placement for the end of my kid's art school. Whereas, once again, same thing. I can find everything I want to know about gender-neutral housing. Right. Right. And it's like, uh, excuse me. You know, like I had – and my school has radically changed. It's been bought like five, six times, and the the – I, I had to stop hiring kids from the school that I, which really hurt because I really loved the program when I went through it. It was really, really good. They focused on fundamentals. They taught you all kinds of stuff, and and you were you were really hot shit when you came out of it because you knew all these fundamental things. You could do pretty much a little bit of anything, right? To, to in a in a creative corporate environment, you could you could branch any way you want to, and I did. And I I went to uh, this is uh, I guess about. I don't know, six, seven years ago, uh, I was a director. uh, I was a floor director for a uh, major uh, studio in town. And uh, there were probably 700 people working in this company. Uh, My department was about 35 people. And I went down to the school because the graduates, we were getting a hold of these kids and they just didn't know anything. And, you know, I'd interview them and I was like, yeah, show me your portfolio. Oh, I don't have one. I'm like, how did you graduate a tech school? Four creatives and not have a portfolio. Like what? Well, didn't you have portfolio class? I went to that school. Don't you have portfolio class? Oh no, that's an optional now. You're shitting me. They're sending you through school, through an art school, and you graduate with nothing to show. Well, I have a degree. I'm like, yeah, that's nice. What can you do? Uh, I do art things. Like what? Let me see it. Oh, you'd have to hire me to see my work. I don't have anything. Yeah. So I went down to the school and I asked, I'm like, what is the deal here, man? Like, well, you know, we it was very stressful making everybody like prepare for these jobs. So we just cut that class and, you know, it's optional. So you can do it if you want to. I'm like, well, where's what happened to the job fair? How come I don't get invited to the job fair? Oh, we don't have one of those because there's not enough kids took the portfolio class to have something to show potential employers. You you don't see the problem like inherent with with that plan well you know less of our kids graduate with with jobs but it's really up to them to to figure out what their employment situation is going to be so it's not really on us i'm like that's as a tech school that's completely useless it negates the entirety of having that program you're not preparing them for a job you're just taking their money at that point and i and it's since then i think that school's actually fallen on kind of hard times because everybody figured it out you're paying twice as much three times as much for this private art education and you're not getting anything back out of it uh to qualify you for any kind of real world experience um we had we had classes where they would team you up in in these little uh uh, art teams and and have you work through an actual problem we had real uh employers come in and and give teams uh, work basically, and and it was like a uh, uh, God. What do you call it? Um, it's it's like work, work for hire. Yeah, well, it's like a work for hire contract thing, but you're doing it with kids. It's like an internship, but but it was it was kind of it was real world stuff, you know. And I'm like, well, where's all the intern kids? I'm like, I'll, I'll 
I'll just build some kids. You know, <laughs> like if I can't get them out of your program, I'll just I'll just get them while they're in the program. Oh, we don't do internships anymore. That worked out bad because they expected them. They the the kids didn't expect to have to do any of the assignments and stuff, so they just kind of didn't show up for some of them. And I'm like, oh my god, like what? What is happening? Like you didn't. Uh, I told you this story to tell you this story. Um, my first day of art school. Right. And this was a pretty competitive thing. This is in the 90, I think 96 when I showed up. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have that orientation and, and I don't know what anybody else's orientation was like, but I, I was expecting one thing. I got something completely different. You know, they brought us all in there for orientation. And remember, this is 96 this is the middle of the tech boom. Well, and, yeah, it, but orientation back then was something was much, much different. I, I was there a few years before you, not at your school, obviously, but I was in school a few years before you. And the orientation that we got was the look left, look right. One of those people are not going to be here now by the time this is all said and done. We got something very similar, but a little bit different and a lot more motivating. We got the look left, look right. Both of those people are probably more talented than you. And going to be competing for the same job. So it's your job to become the human sponge, take up everything you can here, and beat both of them out of the job you want. And we're going to show you how to do it. I was That was the most motivating thing I ever heard. Holy crap, I'm behind. Like, first day of school, right? Oh, shit. I need to get going. And that's what I did. So, but they don't have that now. They don't have that. Well, okay. And and admittedly, what I'm about to say is a bit on the stereotypical side, but I'm going to say it anyway, which is, (coughs) excuse me, the simple fact is, is that the culture for a large part has changed to where if you give that speech, rather than the response that you gave of, oh shit, I'm behind, I need to work my ass off. It's you're getting a response of, oh, shit, I'm behind. I might as well not even bother. And the worst part about that is we as a culture are telling people that that's okay. Yeah, it's the now you can say what you want to. And I normally do about the boomers. But one of the things that I think was. Was good about the boomers, or at least about the the boomers that I know and my parents and, and stuff like that, is they were huge proponents of kicking you in the ass when you, when you needed it. And quite literally, I, actually, yeah, quite literally, literally and figuratively, they would they would boot you in the ass when you needed to move. And one of those things was there's there's a sense of listless hopelessness with the current like millennial gen z gen alpha you know those the, the, those generations are are just kind of looking upon life right now and going why should i bother like i'm looking at gen x and they're fucked they worked as hard and they had it better than we did and they're still screwed what chance do i have and the problem is they're right they're absolutely 100% correct the I truly believe the the uh, you know everyone who who yells at the millennials and Gen Z and everything for being lazy and honestly there can be an argument made that they they have not had the best work ethic sure um, neither did we when we started out it's fine uh, but the argument can be made that they're kind of right 
they did get robbed of their future. They do see no hope because there is none. What what incentive do they have to to jump into corporate America or working America when they know they're pre-screwed? They know they like this is the first job market in in living memory where the workers have any kind of power or nudge of control over pricing or market reputation or anything like that that they've ever had. And what are corporations doing about it? They are losing their shit because for the first time in their careers, they're going to have to compete for workers. Screw you. I ain't doing that. This is our mentality as a country. They're not valued. They're not valued, and they've been told they're not valued, and they know it. Then, And one step further, they believe it. They believe they're not valued. So what incentive do they have? What? Why would they pick up the gauntlet and run with it and, and, and accept the challenges that, that occur in the modern workplace when there's no incentive for them? None. As, as you know, in large part, uh, there's like, what have you done for them? You, you've basically you wrecked me lately. Well, what have you done at all? What have you not? What have you <laughs> left for me? You know, they're going to wreck so, the, the because of the the large generation that is now going going through retirement and the the smaller successive generations coming up under that and it is only by the way getting smaller there's this fantastic graph i wish i could find it where they show you this is how many children and this is how many workers are coming up in the next 25 years and i thought how could they possibly know that oh that's easy by the amount of children born right this is the amount of children coming up in the next 25 years and the thing looked like an inverted v it just got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller at, with every new year. So this isn't a problem that's going away anytime soon. You can't just say, oh, here's some more people. The Or, or our past uh, uh, fixes for this is, oh, we'll just get more immigration. No, you won't. Uh, there, there are a lot more people um, – or a lot less people available to immigrate. And I know the, the, there's a big talk right now about the United States and how we're not letting in. Well, first of all, we're not letting immigrants in, not really. And the, the other thing is, is a lot more, a lot of other countries are just as attractive as the United States right now because there is a labor shortage places. Almost in every developed country, there's a labor shortage because there's just not enough people who are willing to do the jobs that they're, they have out there. So, this is not a problem that's going away. It will get worse. And we are not, as a country, reacting to it very swiftly. And well, I, I'll admit I have an extreme, before I get there, an extremely far-fetched conspiracy theory on that one. <laughs> Jake with a far-fetched conspiracy theory no who'd have thought i know i don't that, believe okay. it so, so let's let's start this off with this is far-fetched and i realize that i think the u.s is going to take over mexico all right you're going to have to walk me through that one well that's, both in that, motivation and actual 
Well, that's that's where all of the workers and all that that we need end up coming from, is that we just basically, that's why we've basically canceled out the borders, that we can just finally just walk into Mexico City and say, yeah, you're part of us now. Uh, We'll build some factories down here, uh, pay you less, and and we'll just move on. So you think we're going to annex Mexico, or you just think we're going to take advantage of their labor force? Yes. Oh, wow. (laughs) Hey. I, I don't know say, if I, uh, I did say far fetched. I don't know if I can follow you on that one, but okay, <laughs> it is a theory. <laughs> I did say far fetched. <laughs> you did indeed. <laughs> I mean, I, I would give that theory in the same thing, the same uh, vein as in which I would give the fact that the aliens are just going to show up and say, hey, "We got this. Go away." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think honestly, that's what it'd take. You know, I mean, like we. We don't have the answers here, and we're not looking for them. That's the problem I, I find. You know, all that all that spin around to say we're not looking for the answers. Well, I the, what we, we don't even somehow, wanted to find the question. What we need somehow to get our government, be it state, local, federal, all of that. We need what we need to do, and it's a very very simplified statement to a very very complicated issue, uh, because there's a lot of things that go into it. So. As I said, I have the lowest common denominator here. We need to figure out how to get our political figures to stop to start doing their job versus just trying to keep their job. I don't know how you do that with the current crop that I've seen. And that's what I said. I know that's a very simplistic view, but that's basically what it boils down to is that they have spent they're spending so much time, energy and effort in getting and keeping the job that there's yeah, that they don't do it that there's no actual effort being put into doing it oh that's absolutely true i mean i i just don't see how you could well you could un- unfortunately initiate the, that unfortunately it, i once had mental illness described to me in a very very interesting way on how ins- insidious it is because the the mind is what's diseased and the only thing that can fix the diseased mind is the diseased mind. Yeah. Okay. And unfortunately, government is very much the same way. The, the only thing that can fix government corruption is, unfortunately, the corrupt government. So there's no, in, there's no incentive there for them to fix it. Well, and that's why I think... In, in, right. And the, the only incentive that the, the corrupt government would do to uncorrupt itself is oh crap the american people are coming for our heads and that was that's the only leverage that we have that anyone has over a corrupt government is the people just say en masse no and that kind of goes into where this conversation started which is the idea of some the the people coming for the government's heads because you can tell by the Department of Homeland Security and the new law that they're proposing that that is exactly what they're worried about. Yeah. What they're basically looking for is to be able to say, oh, oh, you said coming for our heads. Well, I meant that figuratively. No, but that's what you said. And somebody may hear that and think that was true. So you are now inciting terrorism. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know the government is in a weak position when they start getting paranoid about being removed. And that's, to me, that's one of those signs, right? Like you look around and go, uh-huh. 
Okay, check that box. All right, let's look at Super Corrupt and don't have to deal with any of the consequences. Check. All righty, moving right down the list here. Causing intentional division so we don't concentrate on what they're doing. Check. Well, yeah, and, and, then, and then the other part is is setting it up so not, no matter who wins, the other side can say that's illegitimate. Right. Not, it sucks that we lost. Not, I think we should have won, but that was illegitimate. And it's a, we've actually, it, it's a statement that's been made rather interestingly by both political figures uh, uh, and on both sides and legacy media, which is, and the, the last time I heard it was with, with regards to the Joe Rogan thing where somebody had the gall to make the suggestion of to the to as a portion of the wow English. Sorry. Uh, as sorry. a member of the legacy media had made the suggestion that they should look in and at themselves and see why it is that people are more people are listening to Joe Rogan than is listening to them. Uh, now, he was stomped on for saying that and saying, no, 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 those listeners are just racists. Those listeners are just white supremacists. Okay? You've had a very, very similar thing going on against political figures. You've got, especially right now with the left, in which the left and the Democrats have looked at themselves and said, why are we so unpopular? And rather than actually looking at what it is that they're doing, the answer that has come back for it is, is that we are not doing anything wrong to be unpopular. The people are the bad ones. We don't need better legislators. We need better voters. Yeah, we need better people. Yeah. No, that's exactly what they're doing. So the complete concept of it's not our fault, it's yours, is coming from the top. Well, of course it is. I mean, that's look at any company, how it's run, like any corporation. It's never the 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 C class people's fault. It's the workers' fault. Oh, that's that damn other whole damn department. We're gonna gut that and and get. Which is why people don't have faith in companies, governments, or anything right now because there isn't any. There isn't any to be had. And I, and and I apologize to anyone listening, both of you, uh, who are listening to this, and I just haven't been able to make my points here, uh, this uh, very clearly, in this cast, because I can't, I, I really am truly having trouble wrapping my head around what it's going to take for people to look at the current situation with a clear head and analytical mindset and go, we've been pushed too far. We need to do something about it. This system isn't working. The way we're doing it, going about it right now, isn't working. We need to do something else. Let's talk about what the hell we're going to do. There's nobody doing that right now. There's a couple of groups, and they make sure that they get no play. But there's a couple of groups, and that's it. But what I was going to say is is that whether it's the the, the ever-large – and I hate to use this term too. The other, the ever larger cancel culture, whether it's the government, whether or not it's the, whether it's the legacy media, we are not being encouraged to say these things. We're not being encouraged to speak. In fact, we're being actively discouraged to do so. And, you know, I had somebody tell me today that. Uh, they didn't understand why everybody was talking about the fact that you, you can't say whatever it is that you want, and that they that 
it's said on social media, everybody says whatever the hell they want. And um, it, the correction that, that I gave, or at least the clarification that I gave was, I'm not talking about social media. You're right. I'm anonymous as all hell on social media. I can say whatever the fuck I want. However, I can't say it in person. And even they had to agree that if they gave up some one of their um, uh, opinions, whether it be on something like abortion, that they would probably lose clients. Yeah. Now, I, 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 you know, can't speak out of most of my opinions because one of two things is going to happen. Either in a social setting, somebody's going to come over and start screaming at me, telling, I'm an, telling me I'm an asshole. They may be right, but at the same time, it's not exactly pleasant. Or in a professional situation, if I if I absolutely if I accidentally let a, a an opinion slip and it is contrary to the opinion of where I'm working, I could lose that account. Oh, for sure. And over, quite frankly, something as simple as who'd you vote for, and it's not even a lot of times who you voted for. I'll admit that I actually voted. I actually wrote in none of the above when it comes to presidential uh, race the past two times, and. I was saying that to somebody. I've had people literally lose their minds over the fact that I wouldn't have picked one of the two candidates. I I look so, at it as so, as a so and, and I apologize for interrupting. Uh, so what we're where I'm kind of going with that is is we are not being encouraged to speak to one another. Oh no, for sure we're not. We're we're totally not. And I look at it as a personal goal of mine for this cast. That we get shut down. <laughs> that if we get shut down, canceled, you know, well, that means uh, somebody listened. <laughs> yeah, threatened or something like that. That means our voice got far enough, fast enough, that establishment got. That means we struck the right nerve, the right chord, and enough people listened to it that we became a threat to the way they do things, and that would be success. I don't think two cranky white guys um, are going to get there. Well, and that's kind of part of where we're at right now, because we can be dismissed as two cranky white guys. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, that's just two cranky white guys. (laughs) And that's why and that's why I think it's so sad. They've done such a fantastic job of of tribalizing and and culturalizing everything and making these minority screaming lunatics validated and not only validated celebrated that well anybody else who has anything else to say is just drown out in comparison and let's take a step in that even into a more positive direction we're not talking about the fact that the that there are not things that minorities have to say they do. It's unfortunate the, the the cream that is rising to the top is the lowest common denominator of them, though. The ones that are screaming. Ain't that the truth, man? So it, it's it's not the fact that we're we're not getting even to use you know uh, you know African Americans we're not getting Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. We're not getting that. We're not getting the highest common denominator, even to people who had different opinions on how it should be accomplished. No, we get Kim Kardashian and Snooki. Exactly. I mean, I, and for anybody who ever – and I, I will literally go off on anybody who says this in my presence, that any of the K people – and that's what I call them – any of the K people 
who who uh, like if I hear it in my presence, like, oh, my God, she's so inspirational. No, she's fucking not. <laughs> you shut your fucking dumbass no. mouth. That, that, that's actually one of the few times in which I keep to the courage of my convictions. I look at them, shake my head and say, OK, I, you have to try to explain to me why you think that. It is one of the very few times where I just lose my fucking shit. I, I do. It's it's so bad, and I shouldn't be that way. And I know I should be tolerant of other people and their heroes and stuff, but I just I can't I can't get there from here. I, I it's sort of like anytime I see Farrah Abraham in the news, like Beef will tell you, like my eyes just starts twitching and stuff. Like why are we making her relevant? Well, that's you know, that's like why I, I'm always sending that article. Oh, I hate her. I double freaking side of her mouth you know like she's she's she flip-flops so much i mean she should just uh, she should uh, she should be beta's running mate oh my god i hate her uh it's just uh, so bad <laughs> and i i, I, uh, actually, I should, I'll admit, she shouldn't bother me i'll admit i love farrah abraham for no other reason than because of the, what she does to you <laughs> me and beef both we both are just like Aah! you know <laughs> That is a bear I have continued to poke. <laughs> we cannot stand that chick. I I hate her so much, uh, just because she just she's like the the antithesis. She's just a or just of of progress. She's she is what I would hold up as an example of what not to do, right? Like I used to think it was Snooky. Snooky looks like a paragon of virtue next to and and decisive reason debate compared to Farrah Abraham. It is hysterical. Oh, I hate that shit. Anyway, sorry. I didn't well, need to get off on that. Well, no, that, that's okay. I figure we have yelled at the populace to get off our lawn for enough for this week. So let's... Both of you, and we're sorry, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't uh, speak for Jake. I'm sorry. <laughs> Especially so, about the whole Farrah Abraham thing. You didn't even hear about her. So let's go on to our media recommendations of the week. Oh, one? yes, quite so. Um, yeah, well, you go first. I got I got one that's a little older, but yeah. Okay, well, I, I got one. Actually, it, it kind of caught me by surprise. I My family watched a movie last night that really, it, it was a very low-budget movie uh, found on Amazon. It was called See For Me. And it was your basic average everyday thriller movie, but was really kind of just interesting on, on how it, worked i mean we've we've all seen the things where somebody is stuck on the cell phone with somebody through a traumatizing experience this one took it a little bit further in which the main character who was actually was just so make sure that nobody believes that there is any cultural appropriation a blind person played by a blind person and they uh spent the entire time through the uh experience that happened in the movie with someone on an app called see for me which is you know the person on the other end is looking through your cell phone camera telling you what they see since you can't oh i see and i and i have to admit it was extremely creative the storyline that they came up with it was it had twists and turns it wasn't your just typical uh, okay i see where this is going um it, it was actually very well done but it was very very it, it was a canadian movie very very low budget um, it did have a few actors that you have seen in various to like, for example, television shows here and there. Uh, it, it, actually, the, the, the main actress is um, done primarily voiceover work uh, rather than acting, uh, probably being the fact that she is, in fact, blind. 
and but most of her stuff is she's actually done a lot of dubbing for anime. Oh, right on. Uh, so just really caught by surprise by something I thought was going to be a throwaway movie and turned out to be something that I thoroughly enjoyed and the entire family thoroughly enjoyed. And the movie is called See For Me. Right on, dude. I have written that down. <laughs> uh, mine actually is a little bit older. I think this came out in 2012, 2013. I saw it the other day. It was on uh, one of the channels. I was looking around. I love time travel movies. And one, uh, I, I, I'm fascinated by them always. Uh, and this one was uh, reminded me of kind of a cross uh, between um, Groundhog's Day and Donnie Darko. Uh, so uh, the movie's called 41. And it, the premise of it is a dude discovers a hole in the floor of a motel room that leads to yesterday. And you get one day. And if you and then it resets. So you so like if you go 24 hours, you're stuck with the last 24 hours that happened. So if you if you roll through the hole every day, you can relive the same day. But if you if you uh, if you go through the hole, just keep going through the hole. You can actually traverse back in time. By a single day, every time you go through the hole. And it's this dude uh, trying to – it's got a little bit of butterfly effect too uh, where this dude is trying to fix a mistake. He's desperately trying to fix a mistake, and he just cannot nail it. And what he finally figures out is it's him. He's the mistake. He he mistakenly thinks that he can he can do something that he just physically cannot do. And when he lets go of it and says, okay – what else can since I can't fix this, what else can I do? And then the movie starts getting really freaking interesting to me. And it's it's from 2012. It's a little it's a small movie. I mean, it's 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 got like, I don't know, 16 people in it. It's <laughs> have speaking lines. I mean, it's it's small. It has no one you've ever heard of. <laughs> and it's just a great uh like and you think you know how it's going to end and you don't. Uh which is fantastic. So uh, I love the ones that are not predictable, and I love the ones that try and talk to you, right? They're trying to tell you, like, like give you some kind of picture of of what is real and what is not. And it's it's just a it was it was fun. I mean, it's not any big budget thing, and and it's on Prime Video, and you can see it there and and uh, some other places. But but it's it's a fun movie. Have you ever seen the movie About Time? Absolutely. God, I love that movie. And, <laughs> and, and, and it's not really what you would even call an exciting movie. It's just a feel-good British movie. Yeah. And for those who don't know what it is, it's a movie about a, a guy who's told by his father on his 18th birthday that um, his family along the mail line can travel in time. And it's just it, – it, there's no action to it. It's not he doesn't try to save the world or anything of that nature. Most of it actually is he's trying to find his girlfriend. Right. And and in the process, you know, make that work out right. 
Yeah, Look, it, if my girlfriend was Rachel McAdams, I'd be trying as hard as hell too. It, it, exactly, but you know, he, he goes through <laughs> things in which he goes back and screws things up. He goes in things where he goes back and makes things better. He makes choices as to things that, uh, you know, he's going to give up this for that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And there are, it's just one of the, it's just a very heartwarming movie. You usually see movies about time travel, and it's somebody trying to save the world, or anything of that nature. And it, this is just a very, very sweet. Saturday, Sunday afternoon, curl up underneath the Afghan with a cup of coffee. Let's just enjoy a movie, sort of thing. Oh yeah, I mean, I I did like that part part of it too. Because first of all, I know it doesn't sound like it, but I'm a big rom com fan, and uh, I saw this one, and this one came out about the same time. I think this was this was few, this was a minute ago. It was like 2013, 2014, something like that. From memory serves. Anyway. Uh, yeah, about time was was actually it's young, uh, younger uh, Rachel McAdams, and this dude just has to make choices about what's important to him, and he has to realize that sometimes you can make a difference and sometimes you can't. No matter how many cracks you have at it, you know how many bites of the apple you get. Sometimes what happens happens. Uh, sometimes you're different. You know, little things make a big difference. You know, and and. Uh, like my favorite parts of those movies are watching people assimilate that information and go, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do about that. It's sort of like the the thing in Groundhog's Day where um, uh, Phil figures out that the old man's going to die no matter what he does. You know, no matter how he takes care, it's just too late. And sometimes it's their time, and there's not a damn thing he can do about it. He can he can try and make him better. He can try and get in the hospital. He can try and befriend him he can try and do as much as he can but that old man's gonna die and and even in about time you had the similar circumstance where for reasons i won't explain to the, the the listening audience he realizes that his father is going to come to the end of his life but he can't go back to keep hanging out with his father anymore right there's like there's that moment and he's and and even with all the things that he has available to him he just has to accept that as this is how life works, even with this tremendous thing he can do, this is how it is, because that's just life. And it's a fantastically neat way to tell a story. I love I love time travel movies, any kind of time travel movie, doesn't matter what it is. That one was particularly well done because it was it was a it, like you're saying, there's no action <laughs> Like it's not Marty and Doc with a time machine. There's no lightning bolt striking a clock. There's no, there's none of that. Uh, but it's really well done. I will totally agree about that. Oh, do you have anything else for us this week? Oh, I think I've yelled at people enough. Oh well, then <laughs> I will give you the send off I've been given for the past few episodes. If the world is still here next weekend, we will see you then. <laughs>